Are you ready for a miracle? Are you ready for the preaching of the Word of God? Amen. Our evangelist, Brother Chris Green, who's with us this morning, is from Austin, Texas. I want to also say how happy we are to have David Snodgrass with us from Austin, Texas also. He is, uh, his family are moving here. They were also on staff in Austin, Texas at New Life and uh, took a job here in the area. David, we're excited about you and your family moving here. And uh, they all know each other from being uh, in that church for many years in Austin, Texas. And uh, what an incredible place Austin is. It's almost as nice as Palm Bay. Almost. <laughs> There's something about people from Texas. They always think everything's best in Texas, don't they? I asked Brother Green about that one time. I said, what is the deal about Texas? He's like, well, it's just, just everything really is better there. <laughs> so I'm not going to get anywhere with him on this. But uh, we love Brother Green and his wife, Danielle, and their little... 11-month-old baby boy who turned 11 months old today, Levi. Amen. What a great little guy he is. He's sick this morning, but we're praying for him. Brother Chris Green is, uh, I think, one of the great young evangelists of the United Pentecostal Church, a man of faith who's being used not only in America but all over the world to speak faith into this generation. We're honored that he's here with us today at First Pentecostal Church. Would you put your hands together and make him feel welcome? God bless you, Doc. Would you praise the Lord together? Would you lift up the name of the Lord? The name that's a strong tower with the righteous run therein and are saved. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. How many of you are thankful for the name of Jesus? If it wasn't for the name of Jesus, none of us would be here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. Jesus. Amen, amen. I'm young, but I'm not getting any younger. Amen. Prayed about I should have played. I played about 10 minutes of basketball the other day, and I'm feeling it already. I hit the big 3-0, you know. Once you hit the 3-0, your body starts hurting a little bit more. And some of y'all elders are shaking your head and saying, now wait till you turn the big 6-0 or whatever. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. It's all relative. It's all relative. Amen. Turn to the book of Luke chapter 15. We say this as it almost it becomes a cliche. We say it so often, but I am truly thankful for God being in this service today. I know it's some of you have probably, if you've never been outside of this church, maybe you've never experienced a church service where God didn't show up. You just have one of them, and you'll never take for granted again the fact that God shows up to this church every time. I, I said it this morning, but I feel like... There is a, there's a resident presence. There, there, this church, there's some churches that you really, I mean, you got to roll up and down the aisles and get 10 buckets of oil and dump everybody in on the, you know, and you just really got to pray and really got to preach a masterpiece. And, you know, some church, you really got to work it up, you know. There could be not one person in this room and you could walk in by yourself and you could feel this tangible presence of God in this room. And that's only because of our leadership, and I give honor to, to Brother uh, Myers and Brother Myers, Bishop and Pastor Brother Myers, give honor to them and, and to all the leadership of this church and all the prayers and fasting and preparation of this church. So with that being said, we might as well just have church. Amen. We might as well do something with the power of God that's in this place. Amen. I used to, my dad was my, my little league baseball coach, and I remember being about 12 years old, and I'd have, you know, two or three strikeouts, at, you know, in one game or something, a couple of errors in a game, and he'd pull me aside, and he'd say, son, I saw you put your uniform on, I saw you put your glove on, I saw you put your cleats on, but are you going to show up to the game at some point? I'm like, dad, it's the sixth inning, what are you talking about? I mean, a 12-year-old can't understand, you know, the, the metaphor there, I'm like, I'm right here, you can't see me, he was saying, are you going to show up at some point in the game? And uh, sometimes we kind of we put our tie on, we get all our hair did and everything looking nice. And sometimes I just got to look at myself in the mirror and say, you're going to show up at some point. God's already here. All we've got to do is show up with our faith, a little bit of expectation and belief and desire. Amen. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells the purpose of the kingdom is to seek and save that which is lost. Everybody say lost. 
Everybody say, not saved. saved. Say, lost. Lost. He came to seek and save that which is lost. And the Pharisees were upset with him because he was seeking and saving that which is lost. The Pharisees, all they were worried about was seeking and securing that which was already saved. Jesus said, the well people, the healthy people don't need doctors. I came to the sick people. And he tells the parable of the prodigal son. And, and we find in verse 20, it says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, somebody say he was a long way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto his father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. Anybody feel like this? And I am no more worthy to be called your son. Do I have a witness in the house? He said, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be married. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And the 405-year-old language says, and they began to be married. But we don't talk like that no more, at least not in Texas. Maybe y'all talk like that. You had a birthday party last night. You called up your girlfriend and said, man, we, we were married last night. I've never seen anybody tweet in this day. Man, we had a merry time last night. The modern version says like this, so the party began. So the party began. The son was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but he's now found. So the party began. Jesus in the same chapter said, all of heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. Can you imagine the party that's going on in heaven when we've got people that they're just not, they're not just going to repent today, but they're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're going to be baptized in Jesus' name. Their life is going to be written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is throwing a party because we got a church full of sinners that said, Jesus, I give my life to you. My sermon is this, he is coming for you. Turn to your neighbor and tell somebody, he is coming for you. He's on the lookout for you. He's on the prowl for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your magnificent, mighty presence that's in this house. This is the house of God. This is the house of prayer. Do what you want to do in this place today. Heal everybody that's sick. Forgive everybody that's lost. Fill everybody with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Stir the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. And do all of these things in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord for the goodness that he's already done today and the miracles he's about to do. We'll go ahead and take 10 seconds and give him an apostolic praise. Give him a Holy Ghost praise. Give him a Holy Ghost worship. Yay! So the party began. <laughs> you may be seated in Jesus' name. Still in the service this morning that when I have such a burden on me to see more and more people being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, God has allowed us to see over 5,000 people in the last few years to see, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, but that's not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough. 5,000 isn't enough just for Palm Bay alone, much less the entire world. We've got to see people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost every day that we are alive. I want to see, I want to see a revival of a million people in one service. I want to see these things happen in my life. And if you don't want to see that, you don't have to say amen, but I truly want to see that. I, I want to be a part of it. I don't want to be in the grandstands just watching the game being played. I, I want to be right 
right on the field. I want to be right in the arena, and I want to be used by God. I, I don't have to be the superstar. I don't have to be the preacher. I don't, I don't have to be the one that everybody points to and say, God used him. I don't have to be that. But I want to be a vessel that is willing and able, that's available for God to say, I can use that vessel right there to let people receive the gift of the whole. Anybody else want to be used like that as a conduit, as a vessel of the gift of the Holy Ghost? We are living in a tremendous day. We are living in such an hour that we are seeing more and more people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. More people right now are receiving the Holy Ghost than the history of this world since the day of Pentecost. We are seeing more people from around the world, all types of people, from from atheists and Muslim people and Buddhist people, and, and all types of people are receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it's seemingly, and I know I don't want to sound like a heresy or blasphemy but it's almost seeming like it's getting easier we are seeing people get the Holy Ghost so easy that that you're not having to have the the evangelist or the anointed prophet or the high priest come and douse them in oil and lay hands on them and nothing's wrong with that but it seems like more people I'm having people tell me that they're praying people through to the gift of the Holy Ghost in fact uh, my friend Brother Snodgrass from our home church I just had my pastor He texted me And he said there was a lady in our home church Where she was just She went over to her neighbor's house And was just talking to her About the love of Jesus Christ And there, right then and there This this lady who had never prayed anybody Through the Holy Ghost uh, She began to pray for her next door neighbor And right there in her home Prayed her through to the gift of the Holy Ghost People are being used As a vessel to, for others to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I, I, I just preached revival there at New Life in Austin, Texas, and, and I had to take an Uber to church. Anybody know what Uber is? You take Uber. And I would take an Uber, and I thought, this is a good way to witness, you know. And I was taking an Uber to church every, every, every day just about for a prayer meeting or to, to go study or to go for church. And, and I thought, I'd get in that Uber car, and I thought, man, what a great opportunity to witness to, to somebody that's taking me to church, you know. <laughs> I would and I would spend about that ten minutes, you know, just preaching about Jesus and hope that by the time I got to church they'd want to come in. And by the end of that week I told the church, I said, Man, I brought seven people to church, just hadn't got them in yet, you know. <laughs> How many people you brought to church? But thankfully, by that Sunday night of that revival, I did get an Uber driver in church. Amen. She was kind of videoing the service. She said, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And, and um, I, I told the church it was on Super Bowl Sunday that I preached there. And I said, next year I come. I said, instead of having Super Bowl Sunday, we need to have an Uber Bowl Sunday. Everybody take an Uber car to church. Can you imagine? We got, we got 700, 800,000 people taking Uber to church. And we all, now you got to tip them good, you know, because you don't want to get to church and you don't tip them. And they ain't going to come in. You don't tip them, you you know, you got to tip them, but you witness to them. We get all these Uber drivers filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, it'd be a lot. It'd be awesome service. This is why I'm telling you that because my, my best friend who pastors in Virginia, I didn't even tell him it was the same week that I was taking all these Uber drivers to church, you know, well, didn't get them in, but got them to church, you know, and, and I, I didn't even tell him about it. And my best friend, he texted me a selfie of him and his Uber driver in New York City. He had to go for a meeting in New York, New York City at the United Nations. And he texted me a picture of him and his Uber driver. And he says, man, check this out. This Uber driver just picked me up from the airport and we got to talk. And he said, so what do you do, sir? And I said, well, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. And the Uber driver made a mistake. He said, oh, wow, I would love to hear one of your sermons one day. You don't tell a Pentecostal preacher that and expect it not to happen right then and there. Because my best friend, Richie, he said, well, today's your lucky day. I'm going to give you a sermon right now. He started preaching to him about the name of Jesus. Uh, he started preaching to him about the gift of the Holy Ghost. And guess what that Uber driver did? Uh, he put on his blinker. He exited the highway. He pulled over to the side of the road and said, I've got to be baptized right now. They found... Whoa. They found a hotel and went into a swimming pool and he baptized that Uber driver right there and he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. It sounds like the Ethiopian eunuch when he pulled over his chariot and said, what doth hinder me to be baptized? I'll tell you.
tell you what, uh, there's nothing stopping you. Uh, there's nothing that can stop you uh, from receiving uh, the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost. You ought to clap your hands with all of your might. Uh, you ought to lift up your voice. Uh, Man, there ought to just be an outpouring of thanksgiving right now because uh, such were some of us. Uh, that The devil wanted to stop you from coming to this church. Uh, he wanted to stop you from being born again. Uh, he wanted to stop you from receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, but when you make up your mind that I want to be born again, uh, I want to go to heaven, uh, I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, there is nothing on this earth. Uh, there is nothing in hell. Uh, there is nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that can stop God from coming for you. I was telling this morning we had over, in fact, I was talking to a couple of evangelist friends yesterday, and one of them is very used, sensitively, very mightily, he's used in the gifts of healing. And everywhere he goes, man, he, he sees people healed all the time. And I'm thinking, man, I wish I could see that. And he was telling me, well, I want to see more people get the Holy Ghost. And I had a prophet, a prophet of God, an evangelist. He called me and he was saying, man, I've been wanting to see more people get the Holy Ghost. And I, I told him, well, I want to prophesy like you, man. You know, he can look at you and tell you what color underwear you got on and all the sorts of stuff. And, you know, tell you what kind of cereal you ate this morning. And it's spooky, man. It's real spooky, you know. Sometimes when he calls me, I just press delete. Nope. <laughs> I ain't right today. I ain't going to answer that phone call. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Hey, 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 you don't go to the dentist without flossing your teeth. You know what I'm talking about. When that prophet calls, you make sure you floss in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and they were telling me, man, ever since this year started, I've been wanting to see more people get the Holy Ghost. I've had this burden. And they told me, God, they said, God is using me to see people get the Holy Ghost everywhere we go. They said, God's not releasing me to see the normal things that I see, prophecy or healing, but we're seeing more people get the Holy Ghost. And they were telling me exactly what I'm telling you, that, man, it's so easy. We've had people that have, pastors have told me, well, they've, they've been seeking the Holy Ghost for five or six years, ten years or twenty years. And, and I go pray for them, and boom, instantaneously they receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. And there's just this amazing overflow of, of God's presence. He's here. He's, he wants to feel everybody with the Holy Ghost. And it's, it, they're telling me the same thing. I'm telling you that it seems easier that, that we're not having to beg for it. We're just having to have a little bit of desire and God is filling everyone with the Holy Ghost. I was sharing with your pastor just a moment ago the scripture from Revelation 12. You don't have to go there, but the, the Bible says that the devil, he is the accuser of the brethren. But the next part says, who stood before God accusing you of your sins day and night. Can you grasp that? The accuser, the devil, he stood in front of God and said, did you see what they did? Day and night. Did you see how they fell? Day and night. Did you see how they messed up? Day and night. Did you see there? They said that word. They looked at that magazine. They looked at that pornography. They messed up there. They messed up with lust. They messed up with anger. Did you see? Day and night. And then the next, a couple verses later, it says... The, the reason why that he is, the devil is working so hard, it says, because the devil knows he has but a short time. The reason why we are seeing so many people filled with the Holy Ghost so easily uh, on this vast majority uh, is because we have a short uh, time left. Uh, God is truly on his way back right now. Now, I feel in the Holy Ghost uh, that at any moment, uh, that at any second, uh, God can point his finger to Gabriel uh, and say, go ahead, uh, blow that trumpet, uh, and the clouds are going to divide, uh, and God is going to step out of heaven, uh, and we're going to see him in the air, uh, and he's going to bring us out of this world. This is why we're seeing so many people filled with the Holy Ghost. Because God does not have one ounce of desire in his heart for anybody to be lost or go to hell. People who I never thought could receive the Holy Ghost like atheists. In British Columbia, I was there and we had this, this amazing uh, Holy Ghost rally. And there in this altar call, we had, I think it was three people the first night and the pastor said, these are chronic seekers. Y'all have any chronic seekers? 
people who've been seeking the hope. There might be one here today. She said, I, in fact, we had one here this morning. It was Christy who came up and heard exact words. She said, I said, what do you want? She said, well, I want the Holy Ghost. She said, but I can't get it. This was right here just an hour ago. She said, I can't get it because I've been seeking it a long time and God won't give it to me. And I'll tell you what else she said. She said, you know what? I got so embarrassed that God wouldn't give it to me that I finally faked it so I could take the pressure off of me. I said, well, you listen here. I said, there ain't no pressure from me to you. There is no pressure. Nobody's pressuring you. I said, but God wants you to receive the Holy Ghost right now. And in the next few seconds, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. It was before I could even lay my hand on her head that something different started coming out of her her mouth. But when my hand was on her head, she started speaking in tongues as rivers of living water began to flow out of her belly. God giving her the gift of the Holy Ghost. That happened right here this morning. And in this service in British Columbia, had three chronic seekers who said one had been praying for five years, another six or seven years, another eight years or so. And, and just boom, we started praying and they got the Holy Ghost as if, I mean, they've already had the Holy Ghost. It was so easy. In fact, one of those men came up to me and said, Brother Green, I didn't realize it was so easy. He said, I've been trying for so many years. I said, that's your problem. You don't have to try to get the Holy Ghost. On Christmas morning, when someone hands you a gift, you don't have to try to receive the gift. You take it. Say, that's my purse. Get your hands off my gift. That's my gift. I take it. I say thank you, but that's my gift. I don't have to try and work it up and say, man, I really hope I can receive that $10,000 you're going to give me on Christmas. You're going to give me that $10,000, right? You're going to give it to me. I really, I'm going to have to try to receive. It's going to take a lot of work. I'm going to have to really know. I say thank you. You right there, and I'll take it and put it in the bank account, baby. It is the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you another thing before I really get into my sermon here in a second. I might not get to it. And in fact, going back to New Life in Austin, I had another lady who, she came and she had been several times to the altar to receive the Holy Ghost. And I went and I prayed for her. And my goodness, she, first of all, she was the first one to the altar, which was amazing in a church of about, you know, this size right here. She came to the altar and, and she said, I've got to get the Holy Ghost. And I said, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. And the very instant I laid my, I didn't have to beg for it. We didn't have to plead for it, agonize over it. She started speaking in tongues. And later that night, she came up to me and she said, and Kind of like they did in the book of Acts, you know, they, they gave uh, thanks to Peter and John and those guys. And they said, don't look at us, you know, it was God. And she came to me and she said, oh, thank you, Brother Green. She said, if you had not laid your hand on my head, I would not have received the Holy Ghost. She said, if you had not been there, I wouldn't have received the Holy Ghost. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I thank you, you know, for the, the, the encouragement and the kind words. I said, but that's, that was not me. I said, let me tell you what is going on in the Holy Ghost, in the spiritual realm. I said, your hunger has met the timing of God. I asked her, I said, have you ever been so hungry that you were willing to eat anything? Uh, That you were so hungry that you said, man, I'll eat chocolate, dip, fried mushrooms, I'll eat sardines, I'll I'll eat whatever, I'm just so hungry. Anybody ever been so hungry? Uh, You got hungry, you said, I don't have to have the filet mignon, Uh, I'll take the beef jerky, I'm just hungry, I've got to have it. Uh, I told her, I said, that's what happened. You got so hungry for the Holy Ghost uh, that you said, if I've got to raise my hands, uh, if I've got to shout, uh, if I've got to dance, uh, if I've got to do whatever it takes I'm going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right now that's the kind of hunger that we are experiencing in our church services people that are so hungry that they're going to do whatever it takes I told the youth group on Friday night that I was preaching at British Columbia youth camp and right in the middle of my sermon some kid messed it up he came running down to the altar 10 minutes into my sermon. He, came, he pushed people out of the way. Get him. Get him. I thought you got to go to the bathroom. You know, when you got to go, you got to go. He's pushing people out of the way. He jumps out of the pew. He took a beeline straight to the altar. He got to the altar right here. He lifted up his hands and all he said was, God, I'm hungry. Wait a second. This kid, I'm just telling you the facts of the story, okay? This kid is a pastor's son of a Trinitarian pastor who doesn't have the truth. 
But he felt compelled to go to this Pentecostal youth camp. And he asked his dad, can you let me go to this Pentecostal youth camp? His dad consented and he came to the Pentecostal youth camp. And on that second service, God, on that second service, he had never received the whole. They don't believe in speaking in tongues at his church or Jesus' name baptism in his church. But on that second service, something got a hold of him that he couldn't sit through a sermon. He couldn't sit through a worship service. He had to get to the altar and he shouted, God, I'm hungry. And the moment he shouted, God, I'm hungry, God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. Oh, you ready? Two days later, his dad, the pastor of this church, showed up to that Pentecostal camp meeting, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost, and we... And we baptized him in the name of baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to tell somebody uh, that God is on the prowl uh, and he's looking for anybody. uh, He's looking for anybody uh, that wants uh, his power. If you want that power, would you just lift up your hands right now? You might say, well, I've already talked in tongues. Uh, Well, you need another dose. Uh, You need another feeling. Uh, You need to stir up that gift. Uh, You need. Watch this. You ready? Back in British Columbia, the next night, had three people standing at the altar. I didn't know their story. I never do till we go out to eat, you know. That's why we go out to eat. Oh, and I'm hungry too, but got to hear the stories. I don't know y'all's stories, you know. Everybody's saved to me. But I love it when someone comes to the altar and the pastor says, man, you don't know. They've really been through it and God really touched them today. And that's, what's, that's, the, that's the blessing of being a pastor, you know. He... He doesn't just see you Superman. He knows you've been Clark Kent for the last seven years, you know. You didn't just walk out of that phone booth. You got three people here at the altar, and we were repenting, just repenting. And this lady and this man, husband and wife, were atheists standing at an altar. Atheists, that means don't believe in God. And she had cuts all up and down her wrist and arms, suicidal, tried to take her own life. And so I said, like we do, you know, before the prayer of faith and before we ask for the Holy Ghost, we just repent. Before God fills me up, I want him to clean me out or else he can't fill me up. And we're praying, God, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our sins. And standing next to this suicidal atheist lady was a lady who did just commit suicide two weeks prior to this service. She committed suicide and the ambulance got there just in time to resuscitate her and she had spent several days in the hospital and now here she was at the altar and we were just pacing I was just pacing back and forth repenting and as I walked over here we were just in kind of a solemn prayer moment of repentance and all of a sudden boom this lady she just her face went like this she went and I walked over there and said what is it everything okay and she tried to tell me what was going on and she was just speaking in tongues and I said oh my goodness I said all we were doing was repenting all we were doing was asking God to forgive us of our sins we hadn't even told God to give us the Holy Ghost yet I hadn't even taught her how to speak in tongues yet and right then and there when she was saying God forgive me of my sins God gave her the Holy Ghost and what I did I said ma'am your husband don't have it yet lay your hands on your husband she did and he received the Holy Ghost then she laid hands on the lady next to her who had committed suicide two weeks prior and she received the Holy Ghost that night all three of them were baptized in Jesus name now look now look We've got a lady who tried to take her own life uh, two weeks prior. A lady and a man who don't believe in God. uh, But just a moment at the altar of God saying, Jesus, I give my life to you. God said, that's enough. That's enough. I'm ready. You've not believed in me for the last 45 years. But in the last 45 seconds, you said, Jesus, that's all I need. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, here's another one. I was in Michigan, and I walked up to this lady just by looking at her. You could tell, you know, she had been through some mess, and the world had really messed with her, and she was broken. And I went up to her, and I said, ma'am, what do you need? And she said, that thing, the thing you were talking about. I said, what, what, what thing? She said, the Holy Ghost thing. She said, I never heard about that. She said, I've been to other churches, never heard about that Holy Ghost thing. And she said, but I know it's real. I can feel it on me right now. And I said, okay. And I said, you want it? You need it. And she said, well, I've got to have it because I've tried everything else. She said, I've tried drugs. I'm not going to offend anybody now. I'm just going to tell you what she told me. Just tell you what she told me. She said, I've tried drugs, alcohol, prostitution, even homosexuality. And none of that stuff has fixed me like I thought it would. She said, but when you said the Holy Ghost, she said, I could feel something on me. She said, I knew right then and there, that's what I need. I said, well, you're going to get it. She, she guess what she said. She said, no, I'm not. I said, why not? She said, God wouldn't give someone like me the Holy Ghost. She said, I've practiced drugs and alcohol, homosexuality, prostitution. She said, God wouldn't give someone the Holy Ghost like me. I said, who lied to you? She said, what are you talking about? Now, hold on, Pentecostals. I asked her, I said, who lied to you and told you God cannot and will not give you the Holy Ghost? Who lied to you? Let me tell you the truth. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You don't deserve it. But none of us deserve it. That's why Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's why Jesus had to look at the Pharisees and said, I've come to seek and I came to save those who are lost. Well, if you used to be lost, you ought to stand to your feet and you ought to praise the Lord. If God pulled you out of darkness, if he pulled you out of the miry clay. going to say it and I'm not going to offend anybody but we talked about this and we you agreed so I'm going to say it uh, let me tell you what this church already has uh, and we need more of it uh, the reason why I come back to this church uh, I love this church uh, because this is a church of vision uh, this is a church of true apostolic revival you don't have a bunch of professional Pentecostal pew warmers uh, you've got drug addicts here uh, you've got sinners here uh, you've got oh, you've got lustful people here uh, you've got pride here uh, you've got dirty filthy scum of the world in this room right now and we need more of it I want to see more prostitutes than Pentecostals I want to see more people of this world than we see of the pews we've got to have sinners we've got to have more sinners than we've got saints we've got to have more drug addicts than we've got delivered apostolics we've got to have it here know what? A drug addict needs to walk in this room and say, this is my home. A prostitute needs to be able to walk in here and say, I fit in right here. I fit, I fit in right here. They need to come as they are, but they need to leave delivered and changed in the power of the Holy Ghost. Would somebody lift up their hands and just shout, God, do it now. God, do it here. Do it now. Do it here. Do it now. Do it here. You've got to do 
remain standing. That lady who told me all of her sins right there. Oh, God. When I began to pray with her, I could feel it was like the tangible arms of God just showing her love. Saying, I love you. It's okay. Because I've came to seek and I came to save you. God gave her the gift of the Holy Ghost that night, speaking in tongues, and she was baptized in Jesus' name. You get ready, Pentecostals, because that night God prophesied to her and said, Now that you have my spirit, you can go to your world, your world, the lifestyles of the friends that you have that would never listen to a pastor, never listen to a preacher, but they will listen to you. Because you were once in darkness. But when you step back into that world and you say, now, look who I am today. I used to be lost. I used to be dead. I used to be broken. The only point from this sermon I'm going to preach remain standing is this. As the Bible says is that when the son, it says when he was a long ways off, the father saw him, had compassion on him, he ran to him, and he fell on him. The, the moral of the story is, is he wasn't to the altar yet. He wasn't in the pews yet. He wasn't in the choir loft yet. He had just walked out of the pig pen. He was full of pig dung and pig mud. He stunk like a pig and looked like a pig. The Bible says he was a long ways off. He took one step to the Father, and the Father made the difference. He was far, but he wasn't too far. Because when the father said, that's my baby, I told them this morning that the way that the father ran, it's the way that servants and slaves ran. He kazaza, the Greek says. But the father said, slaves, sit down. Servants, sit down. Messengers, sit down. That's my baby. That's my boy. Nobody knows what he's been through. I've been praying for him. Somebody hear me. I've been praying for him. I've been fasting for him. And he's only taken one step. But that's all I need. That's all I need to ignite my spirit. To say get out of my way. This week is Holy Week. We represent this day as Palm Sunday. The week that Jesus said get out of my way. I'm going to a cross. Peter said, no, Lord. He said, yeah, I've got to go. Get out of my way. I've got a child. I've got a son. I've got a daughter. I've got people in Palm Bay. I've got to get to the cross. God wants to fill many people in this room with his spirit right now. He wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the utterance, the evidence of God's Spirit. There are parents and there are families in this room that you have family members that are missing in action. They're lost today. They're discouraged. They're confused. They're broken. They're destitute in your eyes, but God is saying, I have not given up on them, and neither should you. I will search for them until I find them. I will look for them until I find them. There's somebody in this room, I told them this morning, I felt the word of prophecy come on me, that when you come to this altar in the next few seconds, that when you lift up your hands and stand in place of that child or that loved one, and you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, interceding as the Spirit gives the utterance, groaning, groaning in the Holy Ghost for that loved one, What's going to happen is God is going to dispatch a host of angels uh, and they're going to go to that son, that daughter, that spouse, that family member and that angel is going to touch them with God's love, uh, compassion and conviction. If you feel that, would you lift up your hands for just a moment? I don't know if you feel what I feel, but there is such a spirit of victory in this house today.
There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every shackle, to destroy every yoke of bondage. I'm going to give a call right now. I'm going to give a call right now. They're already coming. I'm going to give a call right now to our saints and our visitors. Hold on. Listen. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, I I want you all to step back, step back, step back. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, which means speaking new sounds as God speaks through you. If you've never had that biblical evidence of receiving God's Spirit, I want to invite you to come stand with me right here, right now. And to our saints, I want you to help me. This is where you be the church right now. I want you to find somebody that's never received the Holy Ghost. And as a friend, you say, brother, sister, friend, uh, would you come with me to the altar? today because God is going to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. Go right now. Ask them. Find them. Visitors, I'm asking you to come stand with me right now. God's going to give you the gift of His Spirit today. You're going to receive His Spirit. You're going to be born again of the Spirit. You're going to have an opportunity to be born again of the name of Jesus in water today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They're coming right now as quickly as you can. In Jesus' name. Come quickly. In Jesus' name. Come on, saints. Help me out. Come on. Come on. Find somebody. Find somebody right now. Find somebody. Have you ever received the Holy Ghost? Uh, If you've not, would you come with me right now? Come on. Grab them by the hand and say, come on. Uh, God's going to give you the greatest gift you've ever received in your life today, right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Just stand right here. Just stand right here. Praise God. Let's take one step forward. Amen. We got more coming. We got more coming. We got more coming. We got more coming. Come stand right here for us, sis. God's going to give you all the Holy Ghost. Uh, Come on, sister. Come on, brother. Come on. God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. That's it, church. This is what it feels like to be the church. It feels a little uncomfortable, don't it? It's time we get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And we say, hey. You ready? Yes. What's your name, brother? Bruno. Bruno, who doesn't speak a lot of English. He's about to speak a lot in the Holy Ghost in a second. Have you ever received the Holy Ghost before speaking in tongues? No. He's going to get it today. We're going to pray. He's going to get it right now. He's going to get it. That's a good good thought right there. He's going to be baptized in Jesus' name. Behind this screen, we have warm water and a baptistry. We've got clean, dry robes. We've got clean, dry towels and a changing room. You don't have to mess up your clothes, but you can mess up the devil. You can come out of that water today in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, letting God forgive you. Watch this. Forgive you of all of your sins. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ... If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you come out of that water in Jesus' name, all of your past, all of your present becomes old things. And you become a new creature. You become a new identity in Jesus Christ. Amen. If all of those who need the Holy Ghost, if you'd stand right here in the center. You've come this far. You come just a little bit further. Come stand right here in the center. Right here next to Bruno. You stand right next to Bruno. Y'all come up and stand right up here. Y'all, that's good. Y'all line up right here. Leave just a small space. Leave a small space right here. Amen. Now, this is why we're doing this. The very first time I was here, we had a lot of people get the Holy Ghost, but we couldn't figure out who all got the Holy Ghost because everybody was just scattered all over this place. We want to know who you are, okay? Because we want to rejoice with you that God has just allowed you to be born again of His Spirit. We want to be able to rejoice with you. We want to be able to follow up with you and see how you're doing because I'll tell you what, when you get the Holy Ghost right now, it's not going to end all your problems. In fact, the devil's going to put a target on your back and say, oh, now I've really got to go after them because they've been born again of God's Spirit. Is there anybody else that needs to come right now? Is there anybody that wants to come and stand in place of a loved one? You want to come make space over here? You want to come as quickly as you can? I'm asking you to come. If there's a family that says, you know what, my son, my daughter, my spouse, if you, you know someone that's lost and you want to stand in place of them right now, I'm asking you to fill in this gap right here. Last call. If there's anybody here that says, I need it for me, 
I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. I need God to touch me today. I'm asking you to come as quickly as you can. If you're saved and you're delivered and you got it made in the shade, drinking lemonade, you, you don't need anything, you're fine. You just stay right there. But if you truly, you feel something in your gut, you say, I need something from God today. I need an extra touch. I'm asking you to stand and get as close to this altar as you can right now in Jesus' name. If you've never received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues right here, would you just raise a hand for us? Would you just raise a hand? Raise a hand, raise a hand, raise a hand, raise a hand. You've never spoken in tongues. You're raising a hand. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Amen. Hold it up really quick. Hold it up. Amen. How many? We've got over 25 people that need the Holy Ghost right now. And guess what? We've got over 25 people that are going to receive the Holy Ghost right now. Now listen. Just listen, listen, listen. When you start speaking in tongues, when you start speaking in tongues in just a second, don't just leave. Don't just leave. Someone is going to come connect with you. They're going to give you a card. They're going to connect with you so they know your name and they can follow up with you and they can help you, okay? And we want to know who you are so we can rejoice with God. Does that make sense? So when you receive the Holy Ghost, don't just leave. Make sure someone connects with you, okay? We've got our ministers ready, our altar workers ready. They're going to find you. They've been trained. They're going to connect with you. You're going to have people come and lay their hand on your head. And listen, everybody, look at me. Look at me. Look at this preacher right here. In just a second, when we pray for the Holy Ghost... You're going to receive it. You're going to feel like what Jesus said. Out of your belly will flow the rivers of living water. What will happen is you'll feel that fire inside of you. It might feel like goosebumps or tears. Uh, it might feel hot. Uh, but all of a sudden, your tongue is going to start shaking and trembling, just like the Bible says. Uh, and you're going to speak new sounds that you've never spoken before. All I need you to do is just let that go. Push it out and just let it freely flow out of your mouth as God gives you the Holy Ghost. Uh, he's trying to give you the greatest gift you've ever received. Let Him give it to you. Receive that gift. Amen? Now, before we ask God or before we pray for that, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. And we're going to take just a few seconds. And we're going to pray a prayer of repentance, which means we're going to turn to God. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I'm turning to you right now. Okay, I want everybody to open your mouth and I want you to pray that prayer with your voice right now. God, uh, I give my life to you. I give my sins to you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my failures, God, the sins in my heart, in my mind, in my hands, God. Forgive me of all of my sins, Lord. Forgive me of all of my sins. Come on, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer with your voice. Use your words. Use your words. God, forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Now I want everybody to lift up both of your hands as high as you can. Hold on. Don't pray yet. Just lift up your hands. Listen. Listen. Every hand lifted. Everybody in this church, I want you to do something for me. I want you to make your request known to God. That's what the Bible says. Those that need the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands. And I want you to do this for me. I want you to say, Jesus... Give me the Holy Ghost. Say, Jesus, I want to speak in other tongues. And I want it right now. Now, you listen to me. Listen. Listen, everybody listen. Everybody stop praying and listen. Stop praying and listen. Listen. You don't need to ask God for the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. He's about to give it to you. You're about to receive it right now. Every hand lifted. I want you to lift up your head high like this. Lift it up high. When you hear this preacher, shout the word hallelujah. That's a sign of thanksgiving for what God is giving you. When you hear this preacher, shout hallelujah. I want everybody in this room to shout hallelujah. And the very moment we shout hallelujah, every one of these 25 plus people are going to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues when you shout hallelujah. And to the rest of our saints, when you shout hallelujah and speak in tongues, uh, God is going to dispatch angels to those uh, that you are standing in place of today, right now. If you are ready, I just want you to shout yes. yes. Now lift up your hands and lift up your head. Uh, 
I want you to close your eyes and get ready to shout. Get ready to speak in other tongues. Get ready. Jesus. By the authority of the word of God. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I command everyone in this city uh, to receive uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues uh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! Now! Now speak in tongues! 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 Open your mouth! Open your mouth! Open your mouth and speak in tongues. Now.